Right, before I start, I'm going to start with the younger ones in our congregation, and that's all of us, because we're young in minds, aren't we? Young in heart. So, have you ever had mummy or daddy say to you, go gently? Well, they're all looking at me, not in my <laughs> No? Close the car door gently. <laughs> Close the car door gently. It's a phrase that I know with my children, I was often saying, just go gently or be careful. Yeah, daddy's saying yes. <laughs> well, what I wanted you to do and Anybody who would rather play with Play-Doh or do a drawing rather than listening to me for the time, there's activities over there which I know that Olivia and Alistair were prepared to go and do with the younger people in our congregation if they would like to. So there's paper and Play-Doh over here if you would like to. And what I'd like you to do is to, if you're using the Play-Doh, make a model of you, mummy and daddy, or whoever said to you, be gentle. And at the end, we will have a look and you can tell us, do you want to do it with daddy? Is that what it is? He hates Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I was going to say, Olivia and Alistair will do it with you. Go on. Yeah, take it over there, then, Alistair. Right. Now, Laurie has been taking us through um, Philippians and... There is plenty more Play-Doh in the bag there, Alistair, and more trays there, right? Um, today, we have got to verse 5, but Laurie, in his wisdom, has given me half a verse, <laughs> right? So we haven't even got a whole verse today. We've got half a verse. And the half a verse says... Rejoice. After the rejoicing, let your gentleness be evident to all. Full stop. Okay? Let your gentleness be evident to all. And two weeks ago, Laurie was talking to us all about disunity and dealing with it. Getting rid of the stuff that stops us from following Jesus. And then last week you had Denise rejoice in the Lord. But we've got this half a verse. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now those of you that know me know that I'm more a mathematician. And I'm afraid at school I did not enjoy English and was very poor at English and so 
I often think when I'm faced with a word that sounds so familiar, I think, what does it really mean? So I rummage in the bookcase and get out my lovely old dictionary. I can see my daughter shaking her head. <laughs> it's the one my dad gave me when I went to teach a training college, which is um, years ago. And in here, it says gentle, for gentle, well-born, mild and refined in manners, mild in disposition or action, amiable, soothing, moderate, gradual. Notice what the first thing was, well-born, okay? Well, when Dave was alive, he wouldn't look at my dictionary. He wanted his dictionary. Well, notice it looks a lot older than mine. And gentle in here says, again, well-bred, okay? Mild, kindly, tender, peace-loving, placid, moderate, slight, soft, soothing, not excessive, not rough or rapid, gradual, docile, quiet. And the last bit, having the right to bear arms. Having the right to bear arms. I want you to hold that phrase to the end of the sermon. Having the right to bear arms. So, I still wasn't sure what on earth I was going to do this morning from that. So what did I do? I went on to Bible Gateway and looked at lots of different translations of the Bible for this verse. And this verse uses words such as forbearance, reasonableness, moderation, unselfish, considerate. So if we'd been using a different version of the Bible, we wouldn't have had gentleness at all. But when I'm preparing a, a talk or doing a Bible study, I always go back to the amplified version of the Bible because the amplification shows you just the nuances between the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And it also builds on the latest research of biblical study. And the strength of this version acknowledges no single English word can capture precisely the meaning of Greek or Hebrew. And Paul put up for us, I hope, the, author, the amplified version of this verse. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance and patience be known to all people. And I think that gives us a wider explanation of what that verse really means. But one of the commentaries I was looking at um, was 
William Barclays about this verse. And he says that the Greek word, which I'm not very good on my Greek pronunciation, it's something like epikia. And he says it's one of the most untranslatable words of the Greek, Greek words. And he said that his time, it had been translated as moderation, becoming less violent and intense. And Barclay related it to justice, looking purely at justice rather than Christ's example of gentleness. Do you want to move them into the Burkitt room? <laughs> There's some lovely work going on down there, it really is. I know. <laughs> and William Barclay, when he's talking about that we have this, this sort of justice, it made me think, how often do we say to people, you know, and get really cross, I'm right, you're wrong. We need to do what is just and right. And Barclay goes on to think about when Jesus was confronted with the Samaritan woman who'd been brought in because she had been found guilty of adultery. And Jesus could have immediately obeyed the laws of that time and allowed her to be stoned, but he didn't. There was something more that Christ needed to do. And he demonstrated gentleness in that situation because he said to the others there, whoever's without sin cast the first stone and took the justice out of that situation. How many times do we want to stand up for our rights? Yes, you might say, but that doesn't account for the cleansing of the temple. When Jesus was full of righteous anger, because the house of God had been desecrated, but that's a sermon on its own. But think of some other people that Jesus met on an individual basis. The Samaritan woman at the well. Yes, she'd had several husbands, but Jesus didn't condemn her for that. He simply approached her and met her where she was. One story that always fascinated me when I was a child was the one where the friends were letting their friend, paralytic friend, down through the roof. And I always want to know, what did the owner of that house say? You know, 
somebody dismantling the roof. I know the roof wasn't a substantial building like ours is, but could you imagine Jesus standing underneath it? Wouldn't you want to say, Oi, what are you doing? But he didn't. He let them continue and healed the paralytic man when he came down. What about Peter when he was walking on the water and then he took his eyes off Christ and began to sink? Jesus just put out his hand and said, you of little faith, in a very gentle way. But also, what about reinstating Peter after Peter had denied Christ? He didn't go and rant and rave at Peter, why did you do that? He simply said to Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And of course, Peter finished by saying, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter was reinstated. But coming back here to Philippians, Paul, as we know, is tackling the problem within the church. And he focuses not on the congregation as a whole, but he stops to focus on individual Christians. The Church of Christ in facing the world depends on the sanctification of each individual member. It's no good of us thinking, well, what about them? What about them? What about them? Paul is saying it is you yourself that has got to be put right. And so we have this verse of gentleness. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And of course, in Galatians 5, we know that it is one of the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. And it should be, with each one of us, evident to anybody we meet Wherever we go, it should be evident. I always remember in our last church, there was a lovely elderly gentleman and his face really glowed with the spirit. I can't really describe it, but he just glowed. 
And he stood out from everybody else. And he was the gentlest of people, but he stood up for what Christ had taught him. Years ago, I heard a sermon, and it's little bits, stay with you. And we were told that everybody, no matter who annoys you day by day, everyone is made in the image of God. And this preacher, I can't tell you who it was, said, when somebody really annoys you, pray for them. And it will change your attitude to them. I remember thinking when I was in the supermarket not long afterwards, somebody really annoyed me. And I tried it. It worked. We need to be gentle and everybody recognise that we are carrying Christ in us. I don't know whether any of you know that lovely old rom-com film, You've Got Mail. Some of you do. I have to admit, it's one of my favourites, and I will often pick it off the shelf and watch it if I want some relaxation. Well, of course, this week I had to look at it because I knew there was a lovely illustration in that film, so I had to sit and look at it, didn't I? (laughs) So, those of you that don't know it, it's a lovely story about a lady who owns a small bookshop and... They're building a huge discount store, bookstore, just around the corner to her. And to cut a long story short, um, she also had gone on to a social media site and befriended somebody. And they didn't use any personal details, so they didn't know each other, they didn't have any idea what they looked like or what their jobs were. And of course, you might have guessed that it was she had befriended the son of the person who actually owned the bookstore, the discount multi-store. Well, gradually, she confesses, my book, my business is in trouble. And of course, he's very bravado and says, that's what I do best. I'm a really good businessman. And they start talking about business. And he says, what you need to do, tell them exactly what you think of them. But there's a warning. And she wasn't listening. You will feel terrible afterwards. Well, later on, They do meet, and she does tell him exactly what she thinks of him, calling him just a suit, not a person. And, of course, she feels awful afterwards. When you speak out of turn, and not as Christ has taught us to speak to other people, how do you feel inside afterwards? It's awful, isn't it? Very early on in my head teacher career, 
I, taught, I learned very, very quickly that if you're faced with a very aggressive parent, and I met quite a few in my time, the best thing is to smile, even though you don't feel like it, and say, come on in and sit down and let's talk about it. Usually it worked because I was praying at the same time. Lord, dissolve this situation. But that's what we should do because everyone is made in the image of God. If, as a church, we are to stand fast and face the world with all the problems that are out there, we have got to stand fast, pick up our arms of Christ's teaching and face the world with that gentleness that Christ has taught us. All our relationships should be modelled on Christ. We should be earnest in prayer, control our minds, with godly thinking, subject our lives to the word of God. Back in the dictionary, it said we have the right to bear arms. What arms are you carrying? Is it the arms that Christ has taught us? Be prepared as people realise what we stand for. What makes you different? For homework, when you've got that odd moment when you don't want to be out in the sunshine, go on to Bible Gateway and put in gentleness I did it for the Amplified version. And you get a nice list of different places in the Bible where gentleness is mentioned. And I'm just going to read a couple as we finish. From Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit are to restore such a person in the spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, but keeping a watchful eye on yourself so you are not tempted as well. And to finish from 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. Amen.